the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Why can't conservatives and liberals just get along? They can. Welcome to The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us. It is your Wednesday morning answer. I'm Jennifer Horn. Don Dix in for Brian Whitman. And Don, yesterday the CDC got together at a meeting of the minds. There were two of them in attendance. <laughs> CDC got together. That was a joke. <laughs> Sorry. What do I have to do with you? <laughs> I know. I think I think I think we need I think we need, need new writers. Do you want to start over again? Come on, that was pretty good. There was a meeting of the minds. There were two of them. Please, all right. The CDC, in all seriousness, uh, getting together to uh, talk about just who should get this vaccine first. Remember, the Pfizer vaccine is expected to start rolling out uh, probably next week sometime. Moderna, just a couple of weeks behind them. According to uh, officials within the Trump administration, they say that 20 million vaccines will have been rolled out and administered by the end of this month, by the end of 2020. And so the question is, who is going to get them first? Because while 20 million vaccines is a lot, that's not enough for every single American that might want one. So this CDC convened this panel to vote on Tuesday to figure out just who would get the vaccine. And what they found is that it's going to go first to residents of long-term care facilities and frontline healthcare workers first. They'll be the first Americans to get COVID-19 vaccine. Nursing home residents previously had been further down the priority list to vaccinate as doses became available, but they voted to up their positioning. So now we're going to see nursing homes and long-term care facilities have their residents high up on the list, right behind frontline workers in uh, this rollout of a new COVID-19 vaccine. Again, they're called Phase 1A. That would be the group, uh, that group would be followed followed by essential workers in phase 1B, then adults with high-risk medical conditions and people 65 and older in phase 1C. Other populations at lower risk of serious illness from COVID would come later next year. They figure that by the end of the second quarter, just about everybody who would want to take a vaccine would be able to get one. And uh, this, of course, starts a slippery slope. I'm not an anti-vaxxer person. I would probably make the choice to vaccinate my kids. I know that is controversial to some, but I think we all get the right to make that decision. I totally stand up for the people who take issue with vaccines and don't want to be told by the government what to put in their bodies. I don't either, so I stand with you. But the question is, what regulations will private business actually put into place? Will... Um, for instance, a cruise, if you want to go on a cruise, will they require you to have a vaccine? If you want to go to Disneyland, well, one of the stipulations to reopen that park, we've heard they furloughed workers, would that include the guarantee of you having a vaccine? There's a lot of questions that will be coming from this bit of good news that the government has been giving us. You know, the whole uh, vaccine issue of who gets vaccines first, I think uh, at least there's uh, the initial 
uh, way that this is being laid out makes sense because you want to protect those at risk first. And the people uh, who are in uh, the that high-risk category, individuals with comorbidities, individual in, the, in that age group are the people that uh, should be given the option to have that vaccine first. Um, and then move into, yes, frontline health workers. Um, I, I that that I think is a breath of fresh air. We had that conversation uh, on the Jen and Don show where we were talking about how it's so important to make sure that those that are at the highest risk of this disease, those who are uh, in nursing homes, those who are over 75, where the bulk of these uh, vast majority of the deaths occur, uh, largely due to comorbidity. Um, yes, they should receive it first. Now, um, at the same time, uh, you know, who, who, who then down the line in the pecking order of things will get it next? And then how will the regulations be set up? You know, we're, we've talked to uh, Dr. Jeff Barkey, uh, one of America's frontline doctors, about the high probability that there will be both restrictions in terms of travel, cruises, jets, uh, yeah, Disney requiring a vaccine or show me your papers uh, so that you can get access to it, access to a government building. What about that? Um, it, we're, we're going down a very dangerous pathway of requiring vaccines uh, before people can actually do things that they have a constitutional right to do. All of this, it came yesterday as a new study was released. It said coronavirus was likely in the United States as early as December 2019. So maybe your Uncle Bob was right when he said, I know I've had that. Remember how many people said that at the beginning? I think I already had mm-hmm. COVID. Well, maybe they did because it was here in December of 2019. The Wuhan files got a leak from CNN and CNN published this report out of China that uh, was not meant for American eyes to see. But this leaked report showed that China downplayed the COVID-19 outbreak and that just probably double the amount of people that they actually reported having COVID actually had it. There were uh, lots of issues for China when this first showed up in uh, in Wuhan, including the fact that it was taking up to 28 days to effectively diagnose people with it. So you had a lot of spread very early on. Senator Rand Paul uh, from Kentucky uh, took issue uh, with some of the preachings of Dr. Fauci and our medical professionals in the country. He said there's a lot of flip-flopping going on that's becoming very dangerous, especially to our country's young people. So what is it exactly that you want to hear from Dr. Fauci? Well, I think this illustrates the danger of centralizing power and decision-making in one person or in Washington, because when one person is so wrong as Dr. Fauci has been, it has grave effects for millions of schoolchildren. The evidence has been clear for six months, evidence from entire countries in Europe and in Asia that schools do not lead to a surge, that kids are poor transmitters of this. Countrywide studies were showing this six months ago, and he wouldn't listen. And I tried to convince him of this, and now he sort of flippantly says, oh, we're going to let kids go to school, we're just going to close the bars. Well, we should also look at the evidence on that. Do lockdowns, you know, prevent the spread of this? Right now we have more mandates and more lockdowns than we've ever had, and yet the incidence of COVID is rising exponentially. It may argue that none of the things we are doing are working, and we at least ought to be honest and assess it from an honest perspective, not a biased one. 
Senator Paul continued on to say that there should be pushback against some of the talk about masks from Dr. Fauci and others. I think there are reasonable things you can do in school. For the small children, I wouldn't have them wearing masks. I don't think it makes any difference. And really, we ought to reassess what we're doing on this. Trying to take some precautions is reasonable. But uh, there are now people saying, Dr. Fauci included, that when we have a vaccine, you're still going to have to wear a mask. So people do need to push back. I'm one of those who are immune, and I keep pushing back. 13 million Americans have had this. We don't need to tell them they have to wear a mask. The thing is, is immunity is working. It's working as well as the vaccine works. And when we get the vaccine, hopefully we can all be free of these encumbrances. Do it, does anybody ever read? Do people read People magazine anymore? Yeah, of course. Hello. Do they really? I do, yeah, on an airplane. or. Okay, well, People Magazine has named their People of the Year, and one of them is Dr. Anthony Fauci, along with George Clooney, Selena Gomez, and Regina King. Yeah, Fauci Fauci has turned into like a heartthrob of the left. It's very interesting. (laughs) All right, are you concerned about the volatility of your investments? Because as an investor with traditional investments, including IRAs, I'm concerned about the stock market and how printing so much money out of thin air will affect the value of the dollar. I heard my friend Seb Gorka talk about Midas Gold Group, and I know owning precious metals adds safety and stability to savings and investment portfolios. So I finally spoke to Midas Gold Group for myself. What a wonderful experience. There are no pushy salesmen. Their knowledgeable professionals know everyone's needs are different, and they treat each person accordingly. I encourage you to meet with Midas Gold Group for yourself. Call to schedule an appointment. Ask for their free IRA guide on how to use your IRA to own physical gold and do it tax-free. Call 805-601-6000, 805-601-6000. I get gold from Midas Gold Group, and I believe you should, too. Call 805-601-6000. As we continue, Attorney General Barr... The pretty shocking revelation about voter fraud in the country. You won't believe what he said. As your Wednesday morning answer continues. Every morning, breaking news and talk you can trust. This is The Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horan. Thanks for joining us on your Wednesday morning answer. I'm Jennifer Horn. Brian Whitman out, Don Dix in, and several whistleblowers expected to testify to fraud in battleground states. Whistleblowers in Virginia spoke out in an effort to preserve election integrity. The Amistad Project of the Thomas More Society law firm held a press conference yesterday where a number of whistleblowers gave eyewitness testimony on election fraud in key battleground states. The Amistad Project had uncovered hundreds of thousands of ballots affected by election fraud in five states. Those states include Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, and they've demanded. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Do nope. Didn't happen. No? No fraud? Didn't happen. No, I'm just looking at AP News, and I don't see this anywhere on their breaking news. Got to dig down. Got to dig a little deeper. That's for sure. I've I've looked. It's just, it couldn't have happened. Well, Uh, this group has demanded (laughs) election officials send logs and video ballot handlers at several polling locations, especially at mail-in ballot drop boxes. Several of the whistleblowers were subcontractors with the Postal Service. They were USPS workers and alleged that they faced problems working with the department. One man from Wisconsin claimed he saw only one ballot go out on November 2nd and none on Election Day. 
On November 4th, however, the USPS chapter declared that there were at least 100,000 ballots missing. Another subcontractor, this one from New York, said he experienced weird behavior at two Pennsylvania postage locations. He explained that officials from the first locations held him there for more than six hours and did not allow him to unload his trailer. Then at a second location, postal officials took his whole trailer when he went to pick up his truck. If you missed some of this testimony, check it out. This is one of the whistleblowers from the United States Postal Service talking about how he thought he was doing something great until he realized he was carrying ballots from New York State into Pennsylvania. What happened on October 21st was a series of unusual events that cannot be coincidence. I know I saw ballots with return addresses filled out, thousands of them, thousands, loaded onto my trailer in New York and headed for Pennsylvania. At first, I didn't think it was a big deal. In fact, I thought it was really awesome. I was, I really did. I was like, sweet, I'm doing something for the presidential race. You know, this is cool. But as things became weirder, I got to thinking and wondered why I was driving complete ballots from New York to Pennsylvania. I didn't know I didn't know why, so I decided to speak up, and that's what I'm doing today. You know, I'm 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 really doubting what this guy says as the truth, because again, I've Googled USPS problems election ballots. It's nowhere to be found on Google. So, again, this couldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what the attorney general, William Barr, said yesterday. He <laughs> caught some heat, actually, for coming out and saying that as of yet, he had seen no evidence of the type of voter fraud that could change the outcome of the election. Now, maybe he's speaking from a perspective where, uh, number one, he gave himself some wiggle room, said he hasn't seen the evidence yet. Maybe he thinks that this could be coming or that it's a possibility that it could be coming. He also, it's a lot to prove voter fraud. It's a lot to prove felony level voter fraud, right? To put it up to the level at which Bill Barr would be interested in it. But I think what is so frustrating and infuriating is that you have a mainstream media who is asking the Trump campaign to show evidence. The Trump campaign every day is holding hearings now in Pennsylvania, in Michigan. There'll be another hearing today in Michigan where Rudy Giuliani will testify again to more of their voter fraud. And the news media will not cover it. It's crickets. Even though they're, they're asking for the information, when they start to get it, it it's, it's not there. They're not covering it. And so I, I think what's, what's hard for me is when I hear from Bill Barr, the attorney general, when I hear from the news media, what well, we haven't seen evidence yet. Well, are you listening to these stories? You cannot say that there is no voter fraud or irregularities because guess what? It happens in every single election. Now, to the extent that it would change the outcome, that's something that's questionable. That's something we need to look at. But to deny that voter fraud exists entirely is so dis honest and misleading for the American people. Wasn't it last year when we were told by Democrats that in in the House that whistleblowers were to be revered, they were to be believed, uh, they were people who were jeopardizing their jobs by coming out and saying this stuff. In fact, the whistleblower at the center of the entire p- impeachment process, th- their identity was completely shielded. We, we're still not quite sure who that whistleblower was. And yet you have several whistleblowers on Tuesday that cast uncertainty about the 2020 election process claiming 
288,000 ballots disappeared. Another 100,000 were improperly backdated. And mail promoting Donald Trump was junked while mail promoting Joe Biden was delivered. In this most extraordinary report, U.S. Postal Service contractor said his trailer full of 144 to 288,000 completed mail-in ballots, which he drove between New York and Pennsylvania, we just heard his voice, disappeared after he delivered them to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So all of a sudden, the same people that say, hey, whistleblowers, you know, come forward because we want to hear from you and you're to be believed and we'll protect you are the same people that aren't even paying attention. You had to dig down into uh, the Washington Examiner right. on page three of a Google search to finally get to any kind of report. In fact, the top Google searches when you search USPS problems, election ballots are all from November 4th, November 4th, November 3rd. Nothing about what was revealed in these Virginia hearings. And remember, there are a lot of things going on here. And I think this might be part of the problem is that it is so it becomes very convoluted and you really have to follow all the paths that are being laid out in it. I don't know if people are just tired. They have the fatigue from from doing that. But you've got one storyline, which is about the Dominion voting systems and Smartmatic, which there are some questions, questions for me about the influx of 150, 180,000, 300,000 ballots in favor of Joe Biden and not one going to the win column of President Trump. We saw that happen in real time when we were all together watching the election results unfold. President Trump was ahead. They stopped counting in several key states, pretty unprecedented. Then when they come back, there's this influx of Biden votes. That's something that's being questioned. But then you also have an issue with these mail-in ballots where you now have postal workers coming forward saying, yeah, we were bringing in pallets, 24 pallets of votes from state line, crossing state lines with them. Other people saying that signatures were not being matched with mail-in ballots, that non-matching signatures were being allowed. That happened here in California. We heard the horror stories of that. It also happened across the country. This is one poll challenger that spoke and told their story in Virginia yesterday. She also got my attention, turned around, tried to get me to see her uh, laptop monitor, which I leaned in and saw. And she wanted me to see the signature. The signature on the uh, screen was a, some huge circles like that, the signature. Signature on the ballot was little tiny vertical sticks. It wasn't even in the same solar system. Definitely different signatures. Of course, we have the story that poll watchers, observers who were there, various parties bring in their people to watch the results being tabulated. Poll watchers being ejected from uh, the rooms in which votes were being tabulated. They're telling their story as well. I am an unaffiliated Michigan voter who uh, was trained by the GOP to be a poll challenger on Wednesday, November 4th, beginning in the late morning until around 8 p.m. because I was told that they needed help. They didn't have they were understaffed. I witnessed the room erupt in thunderous applause and derogatory cheering as Republican poll workers were picked off one by one and ejected from the room repeatedly by police escort throughout the day. By the end of the day, they had picked off so many GOP poll workers that there were probably only a few dozen left to monitor all of the processing stations in the room, which I'm told was between 130 and 160. 
Yeah, and a lot of those people were actually locked out of the facility. There's a, a video that circulated shortly after this uh, from uh, this county in Michigan, uh, Wayne County, where the city of Detroit is, and that center, TCH Center, where all the ballot counting was happening. And those videos show people locked outside of the counting room uh, saying, stop counting. We want to be there inside observing. So, you know, this is just, I mean, it just keeps piling up. It is piling up. And uh, the investigations, I think, whether they change anything or not, are necessary as uh, we try to ensure free and fair elections. As we continue, Joe Biden picking uh, Janet Yellen to uh, lead a key member, well, be a key position of his cabinet, Secretary of Treasury. You won't believe what she had to say about what her role will include as your Wednesday morning answer continues. News and talk you can trust. The Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us on your Wednesday Morning Answer. I'm Jennifer Horn. Brian Whitman out today. Don Dix in studio. And apparently President Trump breaking a little bit of news at an RNC Christmas party on Tuesday night. A couple of sources saying that the president made this quote. It's been an amazing four years. We are trying to do another four years. Otherwise, I'll see you in four years. End quote. Is that President Trump saying that he will run again in 2024 if he is not sworn in for a second term? Or it's him saying, I'll be around to help get someone elected in 2024. I don't know. Could be either way. In any case, the media eating that one up. Also going on uh, yesterday, Joe Biden uh, came out and introduced to some of his uh, cabinet members. He has been doing this slowly but surely. Uh, Yesterday, he promised, and I love this, help is on the way. He's got his boot and his mask on, and he's ready to throw it, you know, throw us some lifelines. Take it away, Joe. And I know times are tough, but I want you to know that help is on the way. Phew. Last week, I announced the nominations and staff for critical foreign policy and national security positions. A first-rate team that's going to keep us safe and secure. And today, I have the pleasure, I have the pleasure of announcing key nominations and appointments for the critical economic positions in the administration. A first-rate team that's going to get us through this ongoing economic crisis and help us build the economy back, not just build it back, but build it back better than it was before. A team that's tested and experienced. It includes groundbreaking Americans who come from different backgrounds, but who share my core vision for economic relief here in the United States of America. And given a fair shot, and an equal chance, there's nothing, we all believe there's nothing beyond the capacity of the American people. That's given Joe Biden. Fair, given a fair shot. Um, did you hear the parroting of the media saying that this is the most diverse group of individuals CNN to called serve them administration? superheroes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Over and over and over again, there was a there was a. Uh, montage that uh, Tucker Carlson played and it it just had every single one of the people that CNN and MSNBC had on as commentators as well as their regular uh, you know uh, their regular I almost said journalists but uh, um, as as their regular hosts were saying this is the most diverse crowd in history this is this this group of people is the most diverse we're breaking history with the most diverse group of people and then when you start peeling back the layers of the onion and look at who some of these people are and their histories 
you find that what we've what we've got is yeah this is a diverse group of lobbyists that have their fingers in the pie of everything from uh, defense contracting to foreign policy I mean these people are a cornucopia of lobbyists from all corners of uh, the business sectors so yeah I mean it is it is a diverse group of people a diverse group that has had their uh, their feet f- planted firmly in the swamp for some of them decades. Yeah, a lot of people are saying I that. I mean, who else would you expect from a guy who's been in government for 47 knows. years? Exactly. Right? He brings in, in his buddies and the people that he knows, obviously. That's what people do. But certainly, one thing that these very diverse members of his cabinet so far have in common is that they are all very corporate figures. They're all very swampy figures. You're right. There is a lot of links. There are a lot of links to lobbyists. So this is maybe a good segue. So Janet Yellen is his pick for the Secretary of the Treasury. She formerly had up, headed up the Fed. When she spoke yesterday at this introduction to the world, she talked about what she would do as Treasury Secretary. And listen to what she has to say. See if you pick up on it and see if you notice this common thread going through some of these candidates for the cabinet members that Biden has announced so far. Take a listen. We risk missing the obligation to address deeper structural problems inequality, stagnant wages, especially for workers who lack a college education, communities that have seen industry disappear with no good jobs replacing lost ones, racial disparities in pay, job opportunities, housing, food security, and small business lending that deny wealth building to communities of color gender disparities that keep women out of the workforce and keep our economy from running at full force. It's a convergence of tragedies that is not only economically unsustainable, but one that betrays our commitment to giving every American an equal chance to get ahead. But I know this team will never give up that commitment. So what you heard there is uh, Janet Yellen saying that she would use the Treasury Department to resolve racial inequality. Now, she's not the only cabinet member who has said something like this. The person who Joe Biden would like to see run the NSA, Jake Sullivan is his name, last week said the same thing, that the National Security Advisor's role would be to solve racial injustice, racial inequality, and take on what he called systemic racism. Now, all of that is fine. And if it's a talking point, and this is this perhaps is, is one reason that they're doing this. Maybe this is a talking point to appease the far left of the party, because make no mistake, Joe Biden may be sworn into office on January 20th, but there is a large divide in the Democrat Party between the moderates, the traditionalists, and the far left. Maybe this is an attempt to appease the far left, and that's why he's got his cabinet picks out there saying that they want to deal with this. But wouldn't you think the National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, when he came out last week, that he'd be talking about our foreign threats? He'd be talking about protecting us from China. Maybe he'd talk about election fraud. Maybe he would do that. that. Don't you think Janet Yellen, Don, should have come out yesterday and said, we know people are hurting and we're going to do our best to get a coronavirus stimulus package together. This is what Steve Mnuchin has been working on. He's the he's currently the secretary of the Treasury. He's been working on this with Congress to try to find aid for businesses, small business, big airline, a big industry and also individuals. She didn't mention that. Instead, it was about people are suffering. Help is on the way. And by the way, our main focus is going to be to solve racial inequality. 
Yeah, there were a number of threads throughout that that really are should be more warning signs to people uh, that there is an agenda that is being brought forward. And uh, yesterday, an executive order was signed by Mayor Greg Fisher of Louisville, Kentucky. That executive order, it declares racism is a public health crisis. Now, we've seen counties throughout California uh, advancing the same resolution, uh, voting on it. We've seen cities throughout the country voting on this very same resolution. It is very curious that the same resolution is moving through political subdivisions all across the United States. You pair that up with some of what we just heard Janet Yellen, Yellen talking about, where essentially the message is systemic racism. Um, fine. I, I'm all for rooting out racism wherever it occurs, but there's something very, you know, I, you know, I like montages, especially those You've that mentioned reveal. mentioned them a lot today. I know. I know they're, they're, they're everywhere. Um, that, but here's a montage we from need political montage subdivisions, <laughs> political subdivisions all passing the very same resolution across the United States. Where, where's that coming from? Yeah, Where right? is that pressure coming from? Inquiring minds want to know. There are a lot of questions to be answered, that's for sure. And uh, and we'll continue, obviously, to follow these these cabinet picks of Joe Biden. Are they all going to have the same message? Instead of really focusing on the jobs that really need to be done right now to help protect the safety of the country, to help protect our economy, are is there going to be an overwhelming focus on uh, something that people really argue about it existing in the first place, systemic racism, these are issues of racial inequality? We'll see. We'll follow that story. As we continue, President Obama getting heat from his own party over something he said will reveal his shocking comments as your Wednesday Morning Answer continues. Why can't conservatives and liberals just get along? They can. Welcome to the Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us on your Morning Answer. You found us, uh, Los Angeles, Orange County, AM 870, The Answer, Riverside, San Bernardino, AM 590, The Answer. I'm Jennifer Horn. Brian Whitman is out today. Don Dix is in. And uh, President Obama catching some heat from progressives in his own party. We'll tell you why in just a moment. But first, Terry in Lake Hughes. Terry, we like it when uh, when people call and uh, have instances, right? Right? You're giving us the real life story here. This is like cop files or something. You say you have a story of voter fraud? Yes, I have a story about voter fraud in California, and I think California needs to be looked at potential voter fraud at my residence. Um, my wife and my daughter and myself, we got two ballots each, and then I got two ballots additional for the people that owned my house previously from 1989. So you won the ballot lottery. What year? Wow. Did, what year did the Pretty people? Much, yeah. So what, I could I could have used eight ballots. What year did the people live you in know? the house? You said they moved out when? They moved. They moved out in like two thousand. Then what? Wow. The people I bought the house from exactly from you know. So so they're you know, sending to really residents twenty like, years ago, basically that haven't been at that address for twenty years. Yeah, exactly. So I could see if it was a mistake. It was the people I previously bought the house from, but you know, these were people that they bought the house from twenty you know years ago. So what county so is that really, in, Lake Hughes? Uh, that's uh, L.A. County. 
L.A. County. That was the county that, uh, by the way, that uh, Election Integrity Project, in conjunction with Judicial Watch, sued because they had 140% of the eligible voters as registrations in there. So this is just an example of of that. Um, You should turn – you should uh, please go to electionintegrityproject-ca.org, and there's a place there for citizens to file – a report you please do file that report oh, yes, so that a record of it can be uh, can be made that's uh, eip hyphen dot uh, hyphen ca dot org yeah that's a that's a good thing to do terry especially I'm sorry e- dot com dot com. com okay so uh, okay. want to give it one more time yeah eip hyphen ca dot com select the there are four boxes there for each of their operations in uh, the southeast southwestern states click on uh, California and there's something called a citizen's incident statement uh, click on that and that is an affidavit it's a legal document fill that out and let them know what you've experienced yeah that would be smart Terry I've heard stories like yours thank you for the phone call and thanks for destroying the ballot see this is a problem that you have all of those ballots being sent out to people and then what happens to them if you get that many ballots you literally have to tear them up you have to throw them out so that uh, they can't just be pulled or harvested out of a trash can there are a lot of extra ballots floating around out there and that's what makes people crazy when they say when they hear elected officials saying oh there's no voter fraud there's no irregularities well you're giving people a lot of opportunity we had someone who contacted this program don a couple of weeks ago maybe maybe a month ago saying they got 18 ballots sent to one address 18 of them I mean, this is the kind of stuff that is just inexcusable and uh, and certainly unexplainable. So a good resource, the Election Integrity Project, investigating all of those things. If you have an incident, that's a good place to go as well to file a report. All right. President Obama in um, in hot water. He's being criticized not by people on the right, but by people on the left. Progressive Democrats took aim at Barack Obama after he argued that political candidates are alienating voters when they use snappy slogans such as defund the police. Now, Obama may have not been in politics long before he became president, but he has gotten really good at the game, and he knows how to message stuff. And he is absolutely right when he says that this message is totally unpopular. You saw it. You saw a total uh, resounding shutdown of the messaging of defunding the police in this election. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is look at the results and see how Republicans did down ballot in state houses. This message from the far left was not a popular one. People like the police. And in fact, those people that are trying to protect certain um, income levels or certain minority groups by saying defund the police, those are the people who want even more police in their communities. You know, the, <laughs> the defund the police, I mean, it's just so ironic. There is, uh, you know, when you talk about crime spikes, uh, 2020, one of the things that will be re- re- uh, remarkable about 2020 is the incidence of the increases in crime throughout this country amidst the call for defunding police. And a big part of this racism is a public health crisis that's uh, seeding its way across the country is to set the groundwork, lay the groundwork, begin to 
uh, plow the field to move money away from public safety. And public safety is a big uh, category of things that that involve everything from uh, the di- district attorney's office, uh, part of public safety, to obviously sheriff and police operations, uh, to even things like probation and jails, moving money away from public safety into these other areas. The groundwork is being laid for that, folks. It's happening. Um, and people need to pay attention to it. I filed a public records request for the one issued in Riverside County. Mm-hmm. Um, you should see the drivel that I got sent back. Uh, there, there is no explanation for uh, for this other than uh, the, the the great reset that's being uh, that, that's being foisted on America throughout. And racism is the issue that it's all being built on. Yeah, it was uh, definitely part of of the plan. Certainly, Obama was also doing an interview. He, did, he mentioned this about defunding the police in an interview that he did with Good Luck Peter Hamby, who does Snapchat's Good Luck America, which is um, available on that platform. Mm-hmm. And in it, he not only talked about the messaging and the problem with defunding the police, but he also talked about the Democrat Party relying on the same old folks. Now, he didn't mention Joe Biden by name. He didn't mention Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi by name. But this is a problem looking at the party from the outside as a Republican that I think is a, is going to be an issue for them. You look at Republicans, you look who was on the stage in 2016, and that was a diverse mix of people. You had different races, different genders who were up on that stage, young and old. And when you looked at the Democrats class, there was a bit of diversity But by and large, the party went and relied back on their old favorites once again. And so uh, Obama's pointing this out, saying, where is the energy? Where's the excitement? And I do think he's right when you have people relying on Joe Biden to break your glass ceiling. I mean, the guy's a 79-year-old white man, not not a very revolutionary pick from a party that prides themselves on this. Well, exactly. And and his caution uh, to the uh, party... Uh, about using the defund the police movement, you know, if it is a snappy catchphrase, okay, fine. But it's a real movement inside of the Democrat Party. And, you know, when you talk about a media that is a uh, a front for the Democrat, if, if Donald Trump had made defunding the police an issue, it would not be a good thing. They would hang that around his neck as what? You're not you don't you're not concerned about public safety. But this this uh statement by Barack Obama, he caught tons of flack for saying this from the progressive movement. So don't tell me that this isn't this is this is part of the bedrock of the Democrat Party now. Um, and we're seeing the results of it all across the country. He's, it's tragic. With this interview, though, he's kind of showing us his secrets. He's almost revealing his his recipe card. Remember what a lot of people said about Barack Obama as a president, even when he was a candidate, is that he really talked a good game. He's a great orator. He uh, made people want to listen, and he was exciting. But his message, if you really listen to it, was one that was pretty dangerous to the country, right? He pushed a lot of leftist and progressive ideas. What he's talking about right here in this interview by saying that we need to stop running the same old, you know, the same old class of of candidates and instead need to give more time to the AOCs of the world, but shine up her message a little bit 
is kind of giving us the recipe into what he did as a candidate for himself. Give the the fancy schmancy Corvette exterior, right? Give that sports car exterior, but then still have that message buried down deep. Shine up the message with the pretty candidate, but you still hold those leftist ideals. You just don't call things what they are. So I think he did a little revealing in that interview. Make sense? It makes a ton of sense, and uh, that is one of his accomplishments. He's a great orator, and he knows how to manage the media. Thanks for spending your Wednesday with us. Make it a great day. Good morning. It's 9 o'clock.